0: To the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of thebarkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show host and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. And now, here's your host. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I am Lucio Ric. And, of course, I'm being joined by my co-host, Lorenzo Reyna. Lorenzo, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. And, you know, it's nice to know that you're back from injured reserve. You passed your concussion test (laughs) and all that.
0: Well, for all of you uh, that didn't notice, we we took a week off, and that was because, you know, I I was a little laid up. I I threw out my back, and so it's kind of hard to podcast uh, when your back really hurts. You know, I kind of need to be sitting upright in order to do that. So but you know uh, just so that we don't keep our guests waiting. Uh today's podcast we are going to be doing a little bit of getting you ready for the Utah State game that's coming up again uh for Fresno State. Uh Fresno State at right now is 1 and 6 heading into the game in Utah against the U- Utah State Aggies. And uh joining us on the show is uh, you know, someone from the Aggie Up podcast uh, from our sister website uh, UStateAggies.com dot com on Scout. It's uh, Mr. Isaac Draxler. Isaac, how you doing today?
2: Good. How are you guys?
0: Good, good. I, I mean, it's uh, it's been a rough season. It looks like it's been a rough season for both yeah. of the uh, universities, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm pretty sure you've you've been able to feel our pain as to what we're going through over here for Fresno State.
2: Well, I I was joking that uh, that on a, on my podcast we were talking about how you know Fresno State doesn't look that bad you know they don't look like a one 6 team and then mm-hmm. you look at Utah State and it's kind of the same thing it doesn't you know they don't look like a two win team and they don't look like they're they they should be um, you know on this losing slide and and everything in the Mountain West and kind of um, you know not in the spot that they uh, they thought they were going to be in. But it's reality, you know. You got to pull out the wins. You got to make the plays and uh, and get the breaks to uh, to win games. That's the bottom line.
1: And, and Isaac, before this season began, I mean, did you kind of anticipate that there was going to be some struggles with the Aggies, or would you say that this two and four start has actually been a complete shock for for you guys?
2: I think there was question marks, and and what's crazy is those question marks. Like you know, losing four. Linebackers to the uh, to the NFL and different things, um, you know, replacing some of the some of the playmakers. That really hasn't hasn't been the problem necessarily. Um, the the problem has been the, just kind of the, the maybe the mentality of the team or or however you want to call it, um, just kind of finishing drives finishing games you know second halves of games and so I guess we should have seen you know to a certain extent we thought this team was a little bit um inexperienced um but I didn't think that that was exactly what was going to happen so it's a little bit of a surprise uh, because they have had some leaders they have had some uh some good plays and some some uh good games statistically but um, just in general, they haven't they haven't finished. They haven't they haven't had that killer instinct that uh, that that they definitely should have.
0: And it's it's hard to believe that it's been uh, just a little bit about three years now since that uh, Mountain West Conference championship game that Fresno State had against uh, Utah State. And, uh, back then, would you have ever, you know, believed anyone if they would have told you that both teams would now be at the bottom of Mount, the mountain West conference? Uh, I mean, how do you take that? I mean, would you have believed what anybody would have said if they would have told you that?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think I would have. I mean, um, I think at, at that point it seemed like both teams were, uh, kind of building a, building a program and, and had programs going in the right directions, Um, obviously they had some, um, you know, Utah state, I remember had a couple, um, you know, injury issues going into that game and during that season, different things with Chucky Keaton going out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Fresno state looked like a a team that was, that was going to be good. Um, obviously, which, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but, um, Fresno state since then hasn't really had a good quarterback to replace Carr. So mm-hmm. I guess that is is one of the main things that, that I think um, Fresno <laughs> struggled with, but uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't seem it didn't it, at the time it definitely didn't seem like uh, this would be uh, where we'd be at in, in a couple of years later. So,
1: now Isaac, you mentioned Fresno State's quarterback issues. Now is Utah State kind of dealing with the same thing, or are they pretty settled at quarterback right now?
2: Well, I mean, Kent Myers. Good things happen um, when he keeps the ball on the read option, when they uh, roll him out, um, and he can throw the ball or run. He kind of has an option. Um, you know, really good things happen when they when they do that. Uh, sometimes they go away from it, and sometimes, you know, say Kent Myers gets hit, um, he gets gets hit hard. And and then the the rest of the game he's a little bit reluctant. Um, San Diego State, for example, last year, he uh, he gets a little bit reluctant to keep the ball because he doesn't want to get hit again or whatever, whatever you know, psychologically maybe. So that's kind of the problem. He's had some some big time struggles in the mid mid range throws, the outs and different things, um, just because he's a little bit shorter quarterback, doesn't have the arm strength of, of some guys. Um, the, his deep ball has been pretty solid um, overall, but he's also had good receivers that uh, that get open and go up and get the ball. Um, but this year, he's actually struggled with the deep, deep ball, just keeping it in play, which sounds so simple. But if you throw it out of bounds or through the end zone, it doesn't give your receiver a chance. So he's struggled with some of those things. Um, I think the play calling has been been um suspect at, at, at times um he only has four touchdown passes which is really disappointing um, at least in my opinion it's really disappointing because they just haven't given him enough opportunities to throw it to the end zone and to get more touchdowns right um so that's been a that's been a little bit disappointing but at the same time unless you're going to throw in jordan love or you know a true freshman or somebody like that. I don't know. They don't really have a better option uh, throwing the ball or necessarily running the ball. They could they could put a little bit bigger guy in that may be a little bit more durable running the ball, maybe. But um, uh, Kent Myers is is the guy for this this year. He played most of last year, and unless uh, somebody like a Jordan Love beats him out next year, he'll be the uh, the quarterback next year as well. So.
0: Now, Fresno State's been struggling uh, this season at at a number of positions, but two of the positions that has really been a glaring one has been uh, the offensive line and the running back position. The running back position has been pretty much decimated by injuries, but the offensive line has been really inconsistent. How how does Utah State compare as far as their, their offensive line and their running back situation right now?
2: Well, it's funny you mentioned that because those are the two coaches that went from Utah State to Fresno State. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> with Unger and Weber.
0: Yeah, and, and which leaves us kind of scratching our heads is like okay, why are we having this kind of issue right now? So, uh, what what how how are they doing over there at Utah?
2: So, um so the quarterback position, um Devonte Mays, you you probably remember him from last year. He had a great great game against Fresno State. Um ran for a lot of yards. He, that was kind of his coming out party. He's a JC guy, so he he struggled a little bit at the first of the year. Finished the, the year really strong, and he got injured against USC earlier in the in the year. So he hasn't he hasn't come back. He may may or may not play. Hopefully, he he at least gets some reps against Fresno State on Saturday because that could be a big um, big deal against San Diego State if Utah State can run the ball with San Diego state, that could be, a, that could be a, a big key. Um, so, so the quarterback, the, the running back position, I think is, has played well though, even without him with Tony Lindsay, a guy, another JC transfer that's played pretty well. Um, they've had, they've had good enough running, um, running backs. Uh, I wouldn't say the offensive line has been leaps and bounds better than last year when, when, uh, Weber was here. um, they just struggle a little bit. They've given up some some key sacks, um, you know, protecting the quarterback, and and they haven't necessarily um, run blocked great in the uh, in in the offense. But um, but really, I mean, overall, they played well enough. It's just making sure they uh, they don't get false starts at 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 the wrong time. You know, they don't get false starts. They don't give up. Um, sacks at, at an important uh, possession and different things like that. So they they just haven't been super consistent. But the running back position is is really one of the more talented deep positions that Utah State has.
1: Now Isaac over in Fresno, Fresno State fans want Tim Drudder gone. Now, what's it like for Matt Wells right now at Utah State? I mean, are fans kind of letting him slide, or are those are there some fans out there who want him gone?
2: Well, I mean, in my opinion, the the difference is is this is a couple games for Matt mm-hmm. Wells. This is a couple, couple bad second halves, a couple bad drives. You know, a couple. Um, it's not a couple seasons like DeRuiter It's it's a, it's a couple games, and mm-hmm. so um, I'm willing. And, and I've been preaching and 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 talking about you know what, a couple games. It's not the end of the world, even if it's a six win season or seven one season um hopefully it'll turn around or or whatever um i'm i'm of the opinion and i think the majority of of aggie fans are in the opinion that that it's worth um you know being patient because the seasons aren't season's not even over yet but um but if if you want my two cents on deruder um you know I think if, if the athletic director and if the fans feel really strongly about, um, certain things that Deruter's not doing and that will probably never change, um, I'd say that's completely understandable as well, that, that, that they would expect more and, and maybe, and really expect him to get fired. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: and- I can see both, both, uh,
0: both ways, and and that's the general consensus here as far as the fan base is concerned. They they they've been watching this coaching staff really just uh, take this program uh, to an all time low. I mean, the Fresno State has not struggled like this uh, since they actually build built Bulldog Stadium, which has been you know probably a good thirty years. So they they've seen a lot of success come out of here, and now they're seeing Fresno State really struggling the last three years since Carr left. And this is all attributed to uh, what Daruder and co- the coaching staff has been doing recruiting wise. So, as far as recruiting wise, he's not getting it done. But how how is Wells doing it? Uh, how, how is he getting it done with the with his recruiting class? Is that you know a different story compared to what Fresno State's doing?
2: Um, I think it is. I mean, and that's that's one of the frustrations of this team is is they have just as much talent as. Is last year when uh, when they had a lot of talent. Um, it was it was a few different issues last year, and, and maybe that's part of the frustration. Um, but and and also I guess there's another uh, part of that where you, you could say, well, I wish Coach Wells would uh, would would build something for the long term. You know, take a few less JC uh, guys and maybe maybe build or maybe look at. It's some young, up and coming, exciting coaches. You know, hire a, a you know, a young play caller and hand off the reins and let let the, the offensive coordinator call all the plays. And Matt Wells, you you be the head coach. So there's certain certain things like that that, that maybe you know you could you could point to to say you know what we we want to build the long term um, program let's stop trying just to have a great season and and get hired to a bigger program. Not that that's, I don't think that's literally what Matt Wells is thinking because he is an alum. He does want to build things here, but, um, at the same time he wants to win. So he's trying to do it any way he can. Um, and that's, you know, to a certain extent, that's some JC guys and, and different things like that. So, um, so that's, that's kind of some of the things as far as the, the overall talent, I think, um, you know, there's a couple couple spots that uh, that the Utah State probably could have a little bit more talent and, and I think the number one spot is uh, is offensive line I mean earlier this season we uh, basically somebody somebody told us that you know this guy on the offensive line he graded out at like a 60 65 percent um, you know d score on this uh, this game well if a guy grades out at a D or F, then don't you think you should give somebody else a chance? Don't you think you should replace him with somebody else? but they haven't the whole season that same guy has played the same five offensive linemen have played and they haven't had a guy that that they could just plug in there and uh, they could play better. So that tells me that there's not enough there's not enough talent on the offensive line. So that that's kind of the what my opinion about that.
1: What's the perception that Utah State fans have toward Fresno State? I mean, do they feel like that this is going to be an easy W for them or is there that feeling of, you know what, we're kind of on the same boat, let's not get carried away? I mean, what's the perception of the Aggies fans heading into this game?
2: Yeah, I think most fans if uh, if they've watched Fresno State, especially if they watched them against San Diego State, they're probably thinking, you know what, this is a this is a team that has some talent, that has some some potential. Um, you know, I hope that guys come out and, uh, and play well, because if they come out and they lay an egg and don't, don't play well, then they're going to lose. They could lose to this team. Um, especially that team that played against San Diego state that, you know, stepped it up again in the, in the red zone on defense a few times and stopped San Diego state. Um, they didn't play bad other than, you know, Pumphrey as, as usual, um, you know, had some good runs and had a lot of yards. But um, but overall didn't look horrible. Um, I kind of expected, um, you know, I, I've been joking this week that I was expecting to see a horrible Fresno State team. I was expecting to see just a team that was it so was not we. good at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but at the same time, that 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 team could show up. Fresno State could show up and have a bad game. Um, and and I think all Aggie fans are expecting in this game. They want. They want to see that killer instinct. They want to see the Aggies put up 50 points on Fresno State and run it down their throats, and and just basically, um, you know, whether it's, you know, I, I joke to a certain extent with the 50 points, but they want to see they want to see the Aggies come out and 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 fix those issues that they've had as far as not finishing, not not being physical in that uh, finishing game so that's what that's what Aggie fans want to see but I, I don't think they're uh, just expecting to waltz in there and and have a be a blowout no matter what.
0: Well, that's where it kind of separates us uh, from you guys, I guess, because uh, right now we, we've we turned completely to the pessimistic side. And we're just uh, we're expecting right. the worst now. We're at that point where we're expecting uh, every team that plays against Fresno State is pretty much going to do whatever they want to against this team, which uh, is not a good thing. I mean, it it just seems like they're not finishing what they what they want in a game and are struggling but you know that being said, we've kind of covered uh, what uh, Utah State brings as far as offensively, defensively. What are what are some of the keys for for Utah State? Is Fresno State going to be able to move the ball against uh, Utah State's defense?
2: Yeah, I mean, coming in the into the season, I was expecting a lot from the defensive line. Um, the the linebackers I knew were young and talented um, with actually a couple seniors sprinkled in that didn't necessarily play all the time um, that had some experience, so they had never really had the experience either, but they're, they're seniors. But but that, that defensive line hasn't um, necessarily stood out for me. You know, they're not – you know, you can't really look at them and say, you know, that guy, when we needed – you know, we needed a, a sack – that that defensive end he went and got the sack you know um they've just been okay they've been all right and um and so that's been a little bit disappointing um they haven't been bad i mean uh, you know games like a- against boise state and and even really air force they played pretty well but um but when it, when it comes down to it they've They've gotten, they've gotten hurt. You know, they've allowed a couple touchdowns. They've allowed a couple drives, where um, just for whatever reason they've, um, and a lot of times it's it's uh, they've just kind of worn down throughout the throughout the game. So um, you know, these second halves when when Utah State offense is going three you know three and out, they just keep having to run out there on the field. And if you get if you give a team Enough, enough possessions. Like Colorado State, for example. If you give them give them enough chances, enough short fields, they're eventually going to get get in the end zone. They're eventually going to score against um, even a really good defense. But I mean, the defense isn't. That that being said, the defense isn't isn't necessarily the defense of um, a couple years ago either. Um, and I think part of that is just having a new defensive coordinator or co-defensive coordinator situation where um in some some inexperience so i think that's most of what what is to blame on on defense but i mean overall that they've got two really solid cornerbacks uh the the third one that comes in is kind of the one that that seems like he gets burned more often they have two um experienced safeties that are that are pretty good but same thing they've kind of um, had some some bad plays against them too, so it's it's just kind of been a, kind of in, inconsistency is the is really the only way to explain it.
1: On Fresno State's end, we've noticed uh, myself, Lucio, and Jackson. We've noticed a lot of inconsistency out of the offensive line. In fact, there was actually one sequence during the San Diego State game where Fresno State was actually in a seven on four situation where there were six on the line. There was the extra running back for pass protection, and San Diego State still manages to get the sack. So, what's yeah. give us a little taste of Utah State's um, defensive line? I mean, would you say that maybe they're they're at an advantage against the Fresno State offensive line? Maybe they're just as athletic as San Diego State. I mean, what's your personal take?
2: Well, with with a three four defense, um, you know that that nose guard is is so important. And Travis Seafelt has been solid. He has been the one guy that's kind of, you know, got his name called and, and has made some big plays. Um, so, so I think they're solid in, in the middle. Um, you know, he can, he can stop the run and, and, uh, you know, take those double teams on. It's just a matter of if, uh, if those four linebackers can, can slip in there and, and get a sack or two, um, uh, I think that's that'll be kind of the the most interesting to, thing to watch, um, and and speaking of that, hopefully they can they can get get, get uh, a lot of pressure with those six six guys. Uh, you know, five or six guys rushing instead of instead of having to do things like a cornerback blitz. I mean, I went back and watched the uh, Colorado State game. One of the key plays of that game was the guy blitz the you know, cornerback blitzed off the uh, receiver the quarterback just dumped it off and he ran like 60 yards for a touchdown um made the made the two safeties miss so things like that are really frustrating when you've got a got a blitz the cornerback or that maybe you didn't even have to you just decide to so um some of that kind of thing um I guess will be the the thing to watch a lot as well is to see what what they have to do and what the, what adjustments they um, they make to get some of that pressure on the uh, quarterback.
0: Now, one of Fresno State's strengths right now this season is is probably the the receiving core for Fresno State. Now, if if mm-hmm. the quarterback position, if the quarterback is able to get the ball to those receivers, how do you see? uh Utah State's defensive backs matching up against uh, the Fresno State wide receivers.
2: Yeah, they've got they've got Jalen Davis who has uh, his he started for a couple years. He's a smaller cornerback, but this year has really stepped up his uh his tackling to go along with uh you know what what he's been for, you know last year which was, was really good in coverage. And so he's the best cornerback. Um and then Daniel Gray, he's a he's a transfer from Tennessee, the kid from Florida, and um, he's a little bit taller, um, and and he's been solid um, overall. Last game was by far his worst game against Colorado State. He had some mistakes, um, you know. Overall, his his. You know, the amount of passes that were caught against him was, was looking really good until that last game against Colorado State where he, he had a pretty bad game. Um, so those guys are pretty solid. It, it depends. Last year um, against BYU, for example, they really just threw it up uh, for grabs for their, their tall receivers, and they came down with a ball with a couple touchdowns. So, um, so that's definitely possible. Um, if you've got big, big receivers or good receivers, um, but I think I, w- I would look at maybe that third or fourth, um, you know, cornerback, nickelback, that if they could take advantage of of somebody else, like a even a linebacker with a tight end or a slot guy, if they can stay away from the the two guys, Gray and Davis, um, they they could probably have a lot more success than than just lining up and trying to trying
1: to beat those those two guys one-on-one. So, Isaac, this is probably going to be the last question I'll have for you on the day. <laughs> um, Fresno State at 1-6 and six is pretty much in a situation where, I mean, the season's on the line. Now, Utah State being 2-4, and four, I mean, what's the feeling over there? Is there already that sense of urgency of trying to win right away, or are the players and coaches kind of downplaying it with this, oh, it's just one game at a time sort of thing?
2: Well, I mean, I think they look at look back at these three games and in conference especially, and say, you know what, we could we should have won a couple of them. Uh, mm-hmm. We had ch- we had chances to win against Boise State, who's obviously a tough team. So, um, so I think they're looking at it as you know is as, as you know we're going to go out and prove that we can win. We're going to prove that we are a better team than this two and four record. So uh, I think they do have um, a chip on their shoulder. I remember. Um, you know last year there was a couple games like like this kind of you know coming off a of bye and, and different things I think I think I I am expecting the Aggies to come out and, and play really well for, for all you know all four quarters um, but at the same time maybe we just you know as Aggie fans and covering the Aggies and watching the Aggies this year maybe we just haven't hit that point where we're in reality yet because obviously if they lose to fresno state then that reality is definitely going to be um you know a hard real hard hard to take but uh but that'll be the reality if they if they can't beat fresno state that's that's going to be pretty pretty bad so
0: now for one of the final things that probably will will ask you this now is uh it, we do something here over at the Bark Board that uh, the whole staff, you know, we we put in our predictions and we we give the final score prediction and the reasons why behind our prediction. And I want to give you a chance to kind of uh, kind of do that as well. So, what do you think is going to be the final score, and what are the reasons why you think that's going to happen?
2: Um, putting so I the think spot. the uh, what's that?
0: I'm just putting you on the spot now. <laughs>
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that you put me on the spot, I'll probably, um, I'll probably go with like a 35, uh, point game for Utah state. I think they can come out and score 35 points. Um, that would be the, uh, really other than against Weber state, which is FCS would, would be their best offensive, uh, performance. So, um, so that's what I think will, will probably happen. Um, Obviously, Aggie fans want to see more than that, but um, but like a thirty-five to twenty-one win um, is probably what I would what I would predict to uh, to happen.
0: And, and you know what? That's that's completely fair. I mean, I uh, I I completely agree with you. Probably about thirty-five points, but I, I'm not sure. Fresno State would get twenty one. So <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now, I'm on the pessimistic side. I'm kind of like, uh, yeah.
1: As, as we saw, Fresno State score just three against San Diego State.
0: Yeah, I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to score twenty one. <laughs> but you know uh, we're, we're on the pessimistic side now, so uh, we're having a hard try hard time right. seeing the silver lining nowadays with the with this team. But uh, Lorenzo, you got any any final thoughts? Any final things uh, for Isaac here?
1: Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered it. Now, Isaac, at
0: this point, I want to go ahead and, uh, like with all our guests, we we like to give you guys a chance to kind of, uh, you know, give give some final thoughts and maybe uh, promote what you guys have going on, uh, your website, how they can get a hold of you, all that that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, why don't you take a a little time here to kind of uh, say something about what you guys are all about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the publisher with uh, with Scout at UStateAggies.com. We've got some great, uh, you know, content coming uh, on the way with basketball season. Um, Obviously, still still have a lot of football season left as well. Recruiting coverage and and everything. Um, We do our Aggie Up podcast um, basically once once a week. Um, Sometimes we'll throw um, an interview on there. Other. You know that's that's not um, just the, the regular once a week podcasts and different things so definitely search Aggie up on uh, on any of your pod podcasts listening um, things and uh, especially our I, I heart radio you can uh, you can check that out um, and definitely check out the website uh, you know com will uh, we'll hopefully have we have quite a bit of Quite a bit of chatter and different things back back and forth as far as um, you know what's 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 going on with the uh, with the team. So that's about it. That's all I have to to, uh, to add. I think.
0: All right, and so that that does it. That is uh, Isaac um, Drexler from uh, Aggies Up podcast and U U State on Scout. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, head on over to their website and check them out, and uh, and uh, give them a follow on their podcast and. Uh, and uh, have a listen. Jackson Moore was just recently on their podcast, and uh, he shared what his thoughts are about Fresno State heading into the Utah State game. So if you haven't done so already, head on over there and, and take a listen to that. And Isaac, I want to thank you for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us.
0: So that was that was a great interview with Isaac Drax uh, Draxler from uh, Aggies Up podcast and uh, you know a lot of wealth of information and kind of gives us a, a good idea what to expect heading into that Utah State game doesn't it
1: Absolutely he was very knowledgeable about Aggies football and it sounds like that even despite Utah State's troubles they're nowhere near the troubles that Fresno State is facing right now,
0: <laughs> or at least in our eyes. <laughs> right now, we're like I was telling him, we're on the pessimistic side, so we expect the worst out of the Bulldogs. Uh, as uh, instead, they expect something better out of Utah State Utes or uh, Utah State Aggies. Actually,
1: uh, it goes to show you how much things have changed. I mean. You probably remember the days when Utah State was like one in eleven and could barely squeak out any kind of victories. Now it's like they expect to win conference titles.
0: Yeah. So and it's it's been a complete three you know one eighty for Fresno State. And you know when we're expecting to win more, all of a sudden nowadays everybody's expecting. Oh, they're just going to lose again. So it's 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 taken a quick turn and. It, you know, the one question that we have to ask ourselves is: the damage irreversible at this point with this coaching staff? And eh, you know, a lot of the Red Wave fans out there believe that as long as Deruder is in there, uh, this is kind of irreversible until another coaching staff comes in. So I, I don't know. What do you think, Lorenzo? Is that <gasps> is that run true or what?
1: I, I agree. And, you know, it looks like my bulldog agrees, too.
0: <laughs> well, he always likes being part of the show. Anytime we're podcasting, he's always in the background. Yeah, he, he a likes sound. to
1: uh, podcast bump.
0: Yeah. Yes, he does. But, you know, it's we're, we're at that point now where it's kind of like, you know, what's going to happen uh, if Fresno State loses again this weekend? Uh, you know, is that the beginning of the end? Is Is that going to be the final nail in the coffin to where it's going to really force the administration's hand to do something?
1: I really here's the thing Lucio I really feel like that in the last 2 weeks we've had we've had that question you just asked and now Fresno State is just one loss away from being officially eliminated from a bowl my my whole question, my biggest question I have to ask is, what is really going through the head of Jim Barco? What is going through the head of President Castro? What is going through the head of the rest of the administration? Because, you know what? Do they actually see the frustration that a lot of Fresno State fans see that even some of the alumni also sees as well? I mean, how much more do you want to see those people take what's being offered right now at Fresno State? Because, I mean... You said it earlier in the show it's like this is the longest stretch that of mediocrity that Fresno State has ever endured and now you're one loss away from being eliminated from bowl especially against a Utah State team that has actually has had a very up and down season and looks to appear to have some of the similar problems that are playing in Fresno State
0: Yeah it's uh it's it doesn't look like it's a it's a good thing right now for Fresno State and the the question is is Will another another loss really force for the, the administration to do something um, as far as really taking a hard look at at cutting ties with Derudder sooner rather than later? Uh, I mean, because to tell you the truth, after running some of the numbers, Fresno State's really not going to save a whole lot much more by by letting Derudder go now versus letting him go towards the end of the season here's
1: the other thing too is like which coach which assistant coach on the current Fresno State staff is actually capable of taking over the interim head coaching duties in the event that the rooter does get canned before the season ends I mean, I can't think of anybody.
0: No, and right now, one of them is going to have to step up as the interim head coach if that were to happen. Of course, all of this is speculation. We are not confirming nor denying anything as to what is going on. Lorenzo and I are just, you know, spitballing at this moment. So
1: here's the thing, folks it's like it's easy for people like us to spitball when your team is one and six. I mean, if your team was six and one, you wouldn't have this coaching friction. But because Frizzle State is not only one and six, but was three and nine the previous year, and then the year before that was sub five hundred, that's when you know that the sky is falling.
0: Oh yeah, it is falling. And uh, if uh, the stadium uh, attendance is any indication as to where this is going to go, um, it's it's getting it's getting worse ever by every home game. Uh, if the router stays in there towards it, until the very end. You may see a very very empty stadium on that last home game, so it's not looking good, and that has got to be really wearing down on this administration, seeing the attendance level just plummet in the last few weeks and until something is done, this fan base is pretty much telling that you know they're they're done they they no longer want to 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 watch uh, this you know this team just continue to plummet which they've been doing very rapidly the last three years and so i don't know it's it's at a point where it's make or break and, and i know you keep hearing us say that make or break but to tell you the truth what else can we say i mean it's getting to that point where something has got to give and uh, any indication? I wish
1: we could offer rainbows and sunshines, but we can't <laughs> offer rainbows and sunshine. Well,
0: if you look at the last, um, the last uh, Deruder press conference that he did, it, there was a look on his face that he was pretty much, uh, yeah, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he looked annoyed. He was. He looked annoyed that he had to be there to kind of answer those questions. He did not want to be there, and uh, he was. You know, the the press conference, uh, the the media was just giving him question after question. And one that keeps sticking out is, at this point, you have nothing to lose. Why is Virgil still in there? You know, why not give the senior some playing time since you know he's not going to be able to play again? And the Reuter, he's he's sticking with his guy. And I don't know. To a lot of fans, I
1: almost okay. You know what, Lucille? I will say this. I mean, I feel like we've gotten to a point. At least on my end, I've gotten to the point where if I make any kind of suggestion to Deruder, it's not going to (laughs) happen. I feel like if you make any kind of suggestion to Deruder, it's not going to happen. I feel like it's at this point. It's not even questions worth asking because we already know what the answer is. No. He's going to ride out with his guy, whoever he is. And, I mean, I guess I guess there's a sense of complacency on DeRooter's end.
0: Well, he doesn't want to pull the trigger. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to hurt the confidence of the of the the quarterback of of Virgil that's in there, but But
1: is it the confidence already shot because his I, team is 1 is 6? Well,
0: when when you have uh when you have seven blockers to block four men and you still get sacked, what you know, what confidence are you going to have? <laughs> so exactly. It it's it's at that point right now, it's it's at a point where Fresno State's really gonna be struggling, and they need to do something soon. If they, you know, the longer they wait, the harder it is to get the fan base back and quick. And you know, the longer they wait, it's just gonna take that much longer for this fan base to actually start to come back. And it's a
1: loss against Utah State is clearly gonna be one of those "We'll see you next year" type things for Fresno State. uh, Just built for next year, but unfortunately unfortunately you would see teams like make changes like personnel wise, but we haven't seen it yet with De Reuter.
0: No, which is a big surprise to us because they keep saying that there's been more competition at practice that they're, you know, every position is open, but on game day, it, you don't see any changes. So really, does that mean that the next guy is that much worse and cannot break the starting lineup or, you know is it just lip service in order to just kind of fend off the 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 their critics out there and I, I don't know what the answer is to tell you the truth but you know you know enough is enough <laughs> but we'll we'll move on from that point before we uh we dig ourselves a hole into this point uh but you know I, you know a couple of the things that we did see you know i, I did just mention that uh, what you had said earlier about Having seven people back to block four men, but still give up a sack—how does that happen, Lorenzo? I mean, really? I mean, can you can you kind of shed some light on
1: that? Okay, so either your offensive line is terrible, or San Diego State's defensive line is that damn good, and I lean more toward the former because here's the thing: I was a former offensive lineman. Granted, like I mean, I wasn't the greatest, and you know, there's a reason why I was I'm here today, but most important thing is this when you're in a six on four or seven on four situation you're you being an offensive lineman you have to look at that like that's fresh meat right there we're gonna win this battle we're gonna keep these guys at bay we're gonna win this easily no excuse whatsoever I mean there's no excuse to get a push when you're at a numbers advantage I mean I don't know if it's maybe something that Mark Weber isn't teaching or maybe there's just too much inconsistency out of this offensive line, but I just feel like that regardless if this is a San Diego State defensive line unit with like four five star guys or four four star guys, I mean, there's still no excuse for that. And on top of that, San Diego State barely can even get a three star recruit. <laughs>
0: Well, neither can Fresno State at this point. So, <laughs>
1: it's, it's, but, I mean, it goes back to what I've been saying. It's like, you know, six on four advantage. And another thing, too, that was pointed out, Fresno State had three receivers out wide, which meant that San Diego State only had three coverages to think about. And they still get a sack.
0: Well, you know, and I've, I've heard the notion that someone said that it was a coverage sack that no one was open. If you look at that play, it's really not a coverage sack because the guy who actually sacked Virgil came un- came through almost untouched directly at at Virgil so
1: it's a protection lapse. It's, I don't look at it as a coverage sack. It, it's a protection lapse.
0: It's not a coverage sack. I mean, in my opinion, that was just a blown assignment on you know, on the blocking scheme that was just done poorly and it's becoming a trend uh every game that somebody blows an assignment and you know at what point do you you, you can't always hold the, these players accountable for that? I mean, at some point the coaches have to take you know accountability for that at some point, don't you think? I mean, it's absolutely uh, the, you know a lot of the blame keeps being put on the players, but at the same time, you know if you're not teaching them correctly, there's a problem. So. Which one is it? Is it the player that's just not listening or is it the coach that's just teaching, you know, it's gonna everything be a little incorrectly. Bit of
1: Both, because, you know, when a, whenever you see a lapse like that, it not only doesn't look good on the part of the offensive line, but it also makes the coach, the, the position coach look bad because it makes you wonder, well, aren't they teaching them proper technique?
0: Yeah, and uh, and that's going to be the question uh heading into this next game. We're going to keep an eye on what the offensive line is doing. We'll see if there's some more of those blown uh you know assignments on the offensive line because right now the offensive line is probably one of my biggest you know focus points that I'm going to keep an eye on because it, it, it's not it's not good. I mean, uh, you know, we can keep an eye on the running back you know position, but to tell you the truth, They've been so decimated by injuries that you really can't put too much of the blame on the running back position. It all starts up front with those uh, those offensive linemen who are just not getting it done. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a long day if they can't uh, seem to, to stop uh, Utah State heading into this game. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But Lorenzo, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show for today. And... Um, that being said, well, you know, keep an eye out for our um, uh, our predictions later on this week as to you know what we think is going to happen at this uh, Utah State game. So, without further ado, Lorenzo, why don't you go ahead and let them know how they can get a hold of us?
1: at redway report on twitter once again at redway report on twitter you can follow me on twitter at lj underscore reyna once again at lj underscore reyna also if you like high school football like following high school football in california highly recommend that you follow at scout fnf once again at scout fnf
0: yeah and that's our uh high school football podcast called the friday night football podcast and it covers high school football throughout the state of california so, if you haven't done so already, head on over there and give a listen to that. You can find that on the Barkboard, or you can find it in the iTunes stores under Friday Night Football Podcast. Uh, again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, and on behalf of the Barkboard staff, uh, I want I want to wish everybody you know a great evening and uh, enjoy this weekend's uh, college football games. And we'll catch you again next time.